Nice try. I'm not into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. You didn't like that? I mean, it was different. Well, for someone that is not a rah-rah person, it probably shouldn't have came from me. I don't think any of us are rah-rah people. Rah-rah people? It's life exchange. Well, it does. It sounds really forced when you're saying it. It doesn't yeah, I sound don't know. real. I'm forcing myself. <laughs> and now somebody who never listened to us before is wondering who is talking. <laughs> well, you want to start us out? I did. I said, hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. <laughs> and I'm a little confused. But <laughs> and I'm Katie Which happens Stansfield. often. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm Katie Stansfield, and what do we say? Well, this um, is Life Exchange. This, there, this <laughs> is Life Exchange. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was a plug-in that would make you sound more exciting, <laughs> but there's not. Probably there's a filter of some kind. Just haven't found it yet. Maybe I just need to, like I've said for 90-some episodes, we need a like a clap thing, like when someone makes a good point, you know, yay! Well... We, we pride ourselves in our authenticity, so maybe this is just as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, we don't really edit, so I don't need any more extra you know, elements to elements stick in there. Elements to add. Yeah. Well, last week we talked about the kingdom of God, and mom brought up a story about being disobedient to God and almost killing, killing me. Uh, because of her disobedience, so we felt like today would be a good topic to talk on forgiveness. <laughs> so I'm going to step back and let you guys have a little session. You can work that out. No, we're good. <laughs> oh, okay. I was okay, five okay. years old. I mean, if I haven't figured it out by now, I think... Uh, it's deep, deep-seated <laughs> trauma. So so we don't need to... You that, guys are good? No, you people don't want to hear that. Okay, okay. So, but we are going to talk about forgiveness today. And we were like talking before we started recording about what angles we kind of were thinking of going. And we have very different angles as, as per usual, but um, forgiveness is a big topic. So we can go a lot of different directions with it. Um, now it's just deciding which way we're going to start. Do you want to start? How about you start? Well, I don't necessarily want to start, but I just want to give a statement about forgiveness that okay. forgiveness is a core truth in the Christian faith. It's a pillar of the Christian faith. So in other words, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that's how I, what I was starting with, like it matters to Jesus. So it should <laughs> matter to us. Um, Like, yeah, I just think maybe just for me, like we just don't want to forgive. So we downplay it. Like, like we well, downplay it's, it's importance. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't know how to do it. We don't like, we don't want to do it. It, it feels much better to not do it. So we just or make we it mentally ascend to it that we've done it when in actuality okay. in the heart, we oh, really haven't done it. Yeah. Well, and it also goes back to believing lies like, well, if I forgive this person, then I have to trust them then. Yeah. So it's things or like that they, as well. What they did, you know, like I'm was just okay. letting it go. Like, yeah. yeah. Like it, it validates their wrong towards me. Yeah. But so no easy topic. <laughs> <laughs> 
but a very, very important, like we said, it matters to the gospel. It matters to Jesus. Um, it's a core pillar of our faith. Yeah. So if you call yourself a Christian, this is an important thing to understand and yeah. have activated within your life. Yeah. And I think it is hard to do. So hopefully we'll give some. Well, I, I want to add with that, like, obviously, yes, it is hard to do. But the key component of that is, especially in the Christian faith, is realizing that we all need to be forgiven. Exactly. Yeah. And recognizing that you've sinned, you have trespassed against mm -hmm. God, you have hurt people, you like, we're, we're all guilty. Mm -hmm. Actually, in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's no exception. Mm -hmm. In 1 John 1, 8 through 10, if we claim to have no sin. See, I want to add scriptures in this podcast, because <laughs> if we're going to talk about forgiveness, uh, I think we should. There's plenty of grounding yeah, for it. Exactly. So. so 1 John 1, 8 through 10, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim to have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Mm. So don't get mad at me. Wow. John said it and take it up with the Lord. So receiving forgiveness is the first step to extending forgiveness to those that have hurt, hurt us or to those that have sinned against us. So yes, we probably most of this uh, topic that we're going to talk about is going to probably be around like forgiving others. But I think this is an important foundation to understand that we have been forgiven, mm -hmm. that we have been made right with God through Christ. So recognizing that we have sinned, that we have fallen short, but we have been brought into right standing because we have been forgiven through Christ's sacrifice. And if we can focus on that, if that can be our grounding, then yes, it might not quote unquote be, quote, quote unquote, be easy, but it's a good footing to obviously forgive those that have hurt us or offended us or sinned against us. Amen. <laughs> so, are we done? Or? No. Um, I had a thought and then I went away. But Well, um, when you look at our culture, it is, it is very common for people to dwell on how they've been offended, the things that they've gone through, the trauma, the hurts, the abuse, the injustices, and... And all the social issues that we face that really stir people to live in unforgiveness and anger um, and all the things that divide us. And But the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Mm -hmm. So that we could have the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So if we conform to our culture and society who lives very thin-skinned, um, it's like, you don't have to do, you just look at me wrong and I'm offended. There's so much offense that it, it breeds more and more offense and it, you just see it saturating society. And how can you say that I have thin skin? 
Like, I'm offended that you would say that. Well, when you're my age, you have thin skin. <laughs> and there's also no filter as well. <laughs> Do you ever go into a nursing home? You're like, you're going to really know what people think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I've decided I really want to clear things in my soul now because give me another 20, 30 years and uh, I won't have a filter. So if I allow my neural memory to be cleansed by the spirit of God and embrace his thoughts and his ways, then I will enter into that phase of my life much, much better. <laughs> but, um, but really, biblically speaking, it says, don't be conformed to the world mm -hmm. because I want uh, you to prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. And so forgiveness is his perfect will, and he doesn't just do it uh, for the person we're forgiving. He, he knows that's what's necessary for our emotional health, for our spiritual health, you know, our success. He's saying, uh, you need to forgive for you. The, the person who gains the most freedom in forgiveness is the one who is forgiving. Yeah, I'm processing. You're processing. Well, I think, <laughs> which is kind of funny, like the past couple episodes, we've been like more like, uh, it's been been more personal, but this one, man, we jumped right into teaching. Yeah. We're like, we need to get this, get the truth out there. We jumped right into teaching. Yeah, Did you hear how well, we started this episode? Well, <laughs> well, I knew that we would jump right into teaching. So I was like, I have to like ease Lighten people into it, it. This is life exchange. I brought my science with me today. Not just scriptures. I brought my science. Not um, just scriptures. We brought the real stuff. No, no. no, there's this beautiful, beautiful partnership between science and the who God is, you know, there's this beautiful partnership. Because God created it. God he, created. <laughs> I mean, science is just discovering what God created yeah. all along. So, of course, it's going to line up. All right. We're talking about so, forgiveness today, so forgiveness, people. Forgiveness, <laughs> forgiveness is foundational to the Christian faith. And uh, there are so many reasons, uh, not just for all eternity, but for a quality of life while we're living on this planet to function, you know, with a Well, we kind of, of began this episode also with like forgiving people is hard. <laughs> it's real hard. And then we kind of talked about how like the only way for that to happen is to realize that you've been forgiven, mm -hmm. that you fall short, that you've sinned, that uh, you've messed up. And so knowing that and believing that is the foundation to extending that forgiveness to others. Yeah. The crazy thing about this, you know, when we say, you know, forgiving is so hard, but according to scripture, forgiving those that sin against you is a command, not a suggestion. Mm -hmm. And actually Jesus makes an alarming statement <laughs> in Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, we talk a lot about life exchange <laughs> in this 
this podcast, we talk a lot about how honor is intended to flow in all directions. And this is actually true for forgiveness as well. That forgiveness is supposed to flow in all directions, meaning Mm -hmm. I receive it and then I extend it to those around me. So for in order, in order for us to actually do that, we have to recognize, we have to actually receive the forgiveness and come into right relationship with the Lord to actually have a foundation to extend it to others. So forgiving others is not just a good principle. It's actually a part of the workings of the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Yeah. And recognizing, like you said, forgiveness in all directions, but like I think sometimes we are waiting for like the other party to respond Yeah, and then forgetting that we have already been forgiven. It might not have been from that direction, that person, but I've still been forgiven by, by the father. So, and you could forgive someone and they not even care that you did. Yeah. So it has more to do now, obviously, hopefully like forgiveness can restore relationships, but it doesn't always work out that way, Mm -hmm. but it also frees you. Like, I'm sure we'll talk about this, that if you hold forgiveness, unforgiveness in your heart, it's going to poison absolutely uh, your inner world that eventually will pour out. Yeah. Well, I have a scripture passage I was going to kind of break down. Break it down? Well, we'll go through and okay. see. You guys can interject if you yeah. feel. But in John, so John talks a lot about forgiveness. John 18, 15 through 17. This um, passage starts out, if your brother sins against you, and this is all talking about forgiveness. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. And this passage, like we said, forgiveness is hard, but this passage gives such practical process for how to walk out forgiveness um, that I think it's it's really like eye-opening if, if you do want to walk in this, it gives you tools here. So it says, go to him in private and share his fault, share the fault with him. And it says, if he listens to you, you have won your brother. So this is like ultimate, right? <laughs> like yeah. you go to a person, you go, Hey, what you did hurt me. They hear you. They for, like, they repent ultimate. Like that is what we want. Right. Mm-hmm. the ultimate goal is reconciliation. So then like on a practical level, just asking like, okay, if, if we want to practice forgiveness, have I communicated clearly and concisely the wrong with the, the party that has wronged me? Cause a lot of times I think something it happens and we hold it inside of ourselves and it festers mm-hmm. and it just grows from there until that person's moved on. It doesn't seem relevant to bring it up. The time, like the time is had. So it's a good first instruction there of like, hey, actually communicate to the person what they've done and give them that opportunity. That's like that first step towards reconciliation. Don't assume that they know what they did. <laughs> this one was big for me. Like, well, they they know. They should just know that they did something that offended me or hurt me. They don't. Don't assume that they know. Um, and don't talk around it. Don't like, like, do you ever talk to someone and you think that you're having one conversation, but the like it's because you're talking around a subject rather than just addressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little instructive here, but. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> um, and don't blame or point fingers 
or approach it with big emotions because that's that is not going to lead to an easy path to reconciliation. So are you saying that there needs to be some level of healing before communication because you said don't don't enter this conversation with big emotions. Well, there has to be some type of like some type of reckless reconciliation within yourself or some type of peace that you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, I guess depending on how um quick you are to, <laughs> to, to process mm-hmm. through what's happening. Yeah. But I think like, if you know, if you go in an attacking mode, I think you can work it out. It's just probably mm-hmm. gonna be messier than yeah. if you like, give it a minute process what happened. Don't ignore what happened. Don't shove it under the rug, but then, okay, now I know I've processed through what happened. Now let me bring this. So you're going to that per person with the purpose of reconciliation. Yes. Not just to point out all the wrong that they've done, even though you'll communicate that, but you've already positioned your heart with the goal of forgiveness. Yes. Uh, Not just to go and dump on a person and have them, you know, crawl on the ground repenting, you know, or something like that. Well, and I think like... That's, that's even a mature perspective. Like already my goal here is reconciliation. It's not just to make me feel better because I got hurt. Right. Like that might be a side effect, but like, I remember, I don't even remember what it was about, but you and I, Joel were, I don't know, something happened and I, it affected me. And I knew that if I did not communicate with you, that it could potentially create like something that would carry on like in our relationship. And I was not going, like, I did not want that to happen. So we worked through it and it was fine. But it, I think like, that's important to to note that it does impact and like rec- what's the opposite of reconciliation. Like there's been a break in relationship. Right. And so if you don't actually communicate these things, it can lead even in subtle ways to a separation in relationship. Well, I want to know the context of this instruction because it seems to me like this is between fellow believers, not necessarily the guy that cuts you off in traffic or like, I know that's a, uh, like a silly example, but like you going, like you have to read the room. Like if it's not a loving relationship, is that even a good situation to put yourself in to try to, I think it gets there. Okay. <laughs> so, well, see, I don't know where you're going. Okay. So yeah. I jumped a little ahead, <laughs> but I'm also going through the Rolodex of the many times that I've offended Katie. Which <laughs> one was she thinking of? No. I don't even remember what, do you, re- I think, I don't know. I remember working I through remember, with you. I remember, yeah, working through something, but I, it only happened well, once. I it guess only happened once. So <laughs> I don't know. In our 10 years of working you together. You obviously are. <laughs> You did a good job of forgiving because you don't even remember the event. (laughs) Yeah. I think we do have more times where we're irritated with each other that we just stay away from each other, that we kind of work it out. And then we, once we work it out, we kind of in ourselves, but I guess that was big enough. Like that, like I said, I knew in that instance that I needed because it could create an opportunity. So you can't work it out within yourself. So you're like, I better deal with this or this could cause a problem. Yes. But all the other times that we offend (laughs) each other, we just kind of work it out ourselves. 
I mean, I don't know. I maybe it's happening more maybe, on your, your I'm end. I'm thinking, so am I just revealing something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh man, did I? <laughs> if you don't see me for three weeks, I'm working oh, through something, Katie. <laughs> Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. There have definitely been times where we've communicated. Oh, but it was yeah. just like, you know, a quick thing. Yeah. yeah. I do remember not specifically what you're talking about, but I do remember a time that we had to work through. Yeah. So, so it happens. So, people. so we did this first step <laughs> in that instance. Yeah. Yeah. So then in verse 16, it goes on. And it says, but if he does not listen to you. <laughs> is this? Okay. Never mind. <laughs> no longer Why about that situation. Why is she bringing this up now? <laughs> if he does not listen. Okay. Okay. I won't take this uh, as an attack. Okay. No, no. We're done talking okay. about you and I. <laughs> as far as I'm aware anyway. <laughs> But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you. And I oh, think right there, that's, that's so loaded. That's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to take people. Like we think like, yeah, I'm going to bring my people and they're going to back me up. No, that's not what it's talking about here. Like we've been talking. That's my favorite line. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. Again, I think there has to be a level of maturity there that this is not like we're going into attack. What is the goal? Reconciliation. Um, so what this actually does is it allows for wise counsel. How many of you, um, and I know for me, this has happened where I'm upset that somebody did something and I talk to a friend about it, not in like a attacking way, but, and they go, Hey, well, did you maybe think that they might be coming from a different perspective? Like if you allow wise counsel in, you allow another perspective in that may right in itself kind of de-escalate things even inside of yourself. And I would say the goal, like when you bring your posse, they should be somewhat um, unbiased. Yeah. Because if then it's just like a sneak attack. <laughs> Right. You want to bring someone that can look at the facts, like yeah. the truth and saying, okay. And what, what's the word like not negotiate, but like mediate yeah. the thing. So you need to bring a mature individual. It's not like you're bringing your, your gossip crew. Yeah. Well, and I think the order of operations here is really important. What yeah. happens first? You, talk, you yeah. talked directly with that person for them to hear you and for them hopefully to respond. So it doesn't start the other way around. It doesn't start with, I'm going to go talk about this with other people and get their whatever, and then come in with this attack. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that order is important. Um, so this allows that other perspective to enter in. And like you said, maybe have that like mediator. And it's also a place of safety. And I love this. This is um, like, I'm adapting this from a teaching that Tim Mackey did, but um, he kind of talked about like sometimes in forgiveness, if somebody has really, really seriously hurt you and you have tried to work it out, then having that other person is saying, you're not putting yourself in a, pl in a line of fire with that person again, without some protection around you. And I really love that perspective because I think sometimes- Because the first time he wouldn't listen. 
Yeah. So having the group is that that wall of protection. Yeah, it's that pla- that place of safety. Like yeah. you're you're not putting yourself in that possibly dangerous position again mm-hmm. without that that support, and that might be physical support. However, you know whatever the scenario is. Um. So it's not putting yourself just over and over and over again in that place of abuse. There's there are like steps to this, like there, Mm -hmm. there's wisdom in, in how to, to approach this. Um, then in verse 17, he says, if he refuses to listen to them, this one crazy, tell it to the church (laughs) wild. So we are talking about, this is taking place in a body of believers setting. Mm -hmm. Um, and it says, if he refuses to listen to the church, let you, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Before when I read that, I it it sounds like we'll kick him out of the church. Um, and I think like my personal insert there would be like if if this person is causing abuse, mm-hmm. then of course they need to be removed from the church. But the language that's used there is really interesting that you should treat him like a Gentile and a tax collector. And how did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? Mm. Like if you start to, he welcomed them. if you go through yeah. the Rolodex of how Jesus actually responded with them, he treated them as if they didn't know Jesus. He treated them as if they, they weren't believers as though they, they hadn't learned how to do this yet. And so he approached them with compassion and with care and with teaching and with wisdom. And, you know, I think of like Zacchaeus, he goes to, to Zacchaeus, he goes into his home, he fellowships with him. And by his kindness, Zacchaeus repents and comes into the fold. So the treatment of someone who refuses to forgive, sometimes I think we we think, well, like, like if, like I said, if I just read that verse, like kick them out of the church, consider them excommunicated, but it's actually more like, wow, like, okay, they have a lot to learn. They don't know how to be a part of this family. They don't know how to walk in this gospel. They haven't had the revelation that they were sinners and that they have received forgiveness through Jesus. So it's kind of like recognizing where they're at, yeah, but not like getting rid of them, but just being aware like this is where this, that's why I talked about making it known to the church. This is where, this is the attitude. This is mm-hmm. uh, where this person is at, uh, but it's not to remove them, but it's just to make the others in the the community aware. Was that a question or a statement? Yeah, a little bit of both, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, and... Clearly the first century church and the modern church look a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ultimate goal is reconciliation that we want this person to be welcomed into the family. We want them to receive the benefits. We want them to participate in the actions of what it is to live in a healthy community that, um, that follows the ways of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we, as a body, um, can do that together with this person and bring that reconciliation and that restoration. That's a beautiful thing. 
That's what we want for that person because they are a person that Jesus cares about. So it's, it's again, taking forgiveness. Like when we approach the topic, it's so, so often starts with, I got hurt and I need some kind of retribution. (laughs) I need you to make this better. And of course, in the gospel, it flips things on its head and it goes, yeah, that was wrong. But what is the right way that is going to be healing, not just for you, but for the whole, because it's always about the whole in Jesus, Mm -hmm. in the kingdom. Now, I haven't studied this scripture verse out, but is there any indication of what the offense could have been? The reason I say that is because like we started out and said, our society is so thin skinned Mm -hmm. that like this could have been like a really abusive situation or like devastating situation. And we're, we're looking and we're so devastated by maybe things that Mm -hmm. it's just because we're a little sensitive now. Like, I just wondered like, what, is there any indication to the context of the offense? I don't think so. I don't have the whole Bible in front of me, but yeah. I don't think so. But I well, mean, now as, it is starting if a brother. Yeah. So we are talking in context of someone you have relationship with. Yeah. Um, going back to pastoring for many years, uh, there has been through the years where there was some major offenses. Uh, not because of thin skin, but because of injustice, because of an individual or individuals functioning in such a way that they were doing harm. Yeah. And uh, when those situations came up, that those individuals were approached, if they were willing to reconcile, work through to understanding, make the adjustments that were needed, that is a beautiful thing because that's how that person grows. That's how the person that they've offended or been unjust towards heals because there is that reconciliation with the oversight of helping that person grow and advance and increase. But, and we've experienced the positive of that, but we've also experienced where um, there was not reconciliation and there was not a willingness on a person's part to change their behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, there it was necessary to protect the whole. Yeah. I mean, I won't go into details, but there are certain offenses that you will not come through those doors of church again. Yeah. Um, And there could be even legal ramifications, you know, okay, if we're not going to deal with this in this setting, then uh, we might have to turn it over to the laws of the land or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I think recognizing when you're talking about forgiveness, I mean, a person could even do that. And we still, the person who has, um, there's been injustice against, it's still very, very much for their good to be able to forgive, but not to be put back into a situation where they could be hurt again, offended again, that protection thing that you talked about, Katie. And, um, but I mean, there was times 
in the years we pastored, there were some people uh, when we had our school, there was some I had to kick out. Yeah. Because what they did was just not, oh, you hurt my feelings or, oh, you took the, you used my soap in the shower, you know, not yours or whatever, some crazy stuff. Uh, you deal with it. But there were some really horrific things that that was unacceptable. Yeah. And there wasn't, not only was there not repentance, but um, there was not even an acknowledgement of the things that they did that were well, bad and that's or why wrong. I kind of love the progression in this mm -hmm. passage because it's not just saying, oh, I tried and mm -hmm. now we don't do anything about it. No, like it takes it serious. It takes the mm -hmm. offense seriously that, okay, we're going to do this in safety. We're going to do this in wisdom. We're going to bring other people in. And if they refuse, mm -hmm. we're going to treat them as though they don't belong here. Mm -hmm. And so in some scenarios that might look like they're not welcomed in this mm. building, in this mm -hmm. family, because there has not been a true change. And it, But in some instances, it's going to look like, okay, they don't know how to be a believer or they're not a believer. So we're going to do what Jesus would do and love them and have compassion on them. So I think it, it does and, depend. And place them in a position where they will need to take responsibility because, to grow. Because and when they have that recognition, as we started with, that I have sinned mm -hmm. and I have been forgiven through Jesus, mm. when that recognition comes, their life will be transformed. Absolutely. And that's when you enter the mm -hmm. fold. You have, you have joined the family and this is how we do things mm -hmm. in this family, the family, meaning the, the body of Christ. And uh, so with all that said, I really see that. And just like you said, okay, we don't know what that is about. But for me, with that process, that is something really offensive. That's really a big deal. Uh, but in, in our very sensitive society, <laughs> yeah. you look at me wrong. Um, I, I know this was a long time ago, but I, I remember hearing, or you brought, or maybe dad told me, it was like people left the church because someone sat in their seats on a Sunday. And oh, years ago, people would get, yeah. I mean, offense, gossip. It was just a part of church culture. That's one reason why we totally have our code of conduct. Have code of <laughs> yeah. conduct. We, we have a code of conduct. This, if you want to be a part of this body, this is what it looks like. And those things are not acceptable in this body. And even making provisions to protect from offense, to protect from injustice, that these things are not acceptable. And, uh, but, but I think maybe even just talking about what do you do when it's not this big, big injustice or this huge offense, but my feelings are hurt. I will also add like, or, and this is maybe just looking at, at that time in history. Like if they weren't in the church, there was like one church in a city. Yeah. Like that was a oh, bigger deal. True. Nowadays it's like, well, I got leave. 27 to pick from. So eight, yeah. like I've, and maybe it's just over the years, like if there's any nine times out of 10, if someone is expected to take responsibility for someone, they, they don't stick around anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I think it's important to understand, like probably in this context is like, that was a bigger thing to say, Hey, 
Mm-hmm. Like the church fellowship was, that's all you had. Yeah. Like in in our society, you got 10 in 10 churches. And, and which makes it easier to just harbor, to make this a habit. Mm-hmm. That yeah. offense comes in. I don't forgive in a, in the gospel, in a biblical way. Mm-hmm. And so I just move on and it just perpetuates. But that, that process well, of forgiveness is not being practiced. Right. If that's, if someone does, the person who is offended does go through these things. I'm saying the person that has to take responsibility because there's the so many options now. Offense. Yeah. And like I said, nine, there might be a w- one person that will own up and adjust, but for the most part, if they don't want to take responsibility, they probably won't. Um, and then we help that individual to make the choice to forgive for their sake. Yeah. Which I, I think is a huge part of this because, uh, and what you shared, Katie, that man, that was really, really good. And I wasn't even thinking about going to these really big offenses. My mind was just thinking where people just are very quick uh, to be offended and uh, I don't like what they did or they didn't look at me right or they didn't say hello to me or, you know, they said something and we take it wrong or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Like all those little uh, petty things um, that it's so easy to trip us up. You know, I've, I've seen marriages so negatively affected, some destroyed just because of whether it's a different perspective or, okay, I like the toilet paper one way and they get this big old fight and now they bring up every negative thing that ever happened, you know, because of something silly. And it's like having a mindset and an att- and an attitude to choose to forgive because that's not only uh, setting us free, but it's honoring God. Well, and that pa- the passage goes straight into Peter going, how many times do I forgive? Yes. And of course, you know, we, we know what happens. Jesus is like, no, you keep on forgiving. This mm-hmm. isn't like a, you don't count it up. Mm-hmm. You, you keep on doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. So when that little thing happens, like the preference, if you are in that, oh, this is what we do, we forgive, then you don't get to these big escalations or at least hopefully not. Mm-hmm. So that it's just a lifestyle of, yep. oh, I forgive. That's what we do as part of this body. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the scripture is laying out good protocol for how a church should handle these things. I think the point that I was making was sometimes it just comes back to, because, like I said before, you could really forgive someone and they're unresponsive. Yeah. So there's there's not much that you can do about that that... Most of the times when there is an expectation for someone to be held accountable, it's just they they have opportunity to not. Well, and that's where I really, I just love that. Like you treat them, and I know this is in that context, but yeah. the same, I think it still applies. You treat them as a Gentile or tax collector. So in my heart, if, if I, like people say, well, how do I know if I've forgiven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hear that a lot of if I... Um, can begin to pray for my enemy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I can begin to pray for the one who is no longer connected to me and I can begin to show them and have compassion in my heart, 
in a righteous way. Yes. Pray, I hope they burn in hell. Thank pray you, Jesus. For their good. <laughs> pray for their success. Yeah. Pray that, um, and you know, we say like, pray that their eyes would be open. Well, yeah. Okay. In a selfish way, but pray yeah. that their eyes would be open, that they have been forgiven much mm-hmm. because if that happens, they will love much. So when we can start treating them, that's, to me, that's a sign of forgiveness mm-hmm. in my own heart. There has not been any response or reconciliation on their part of it. And that is their choice. So my choice is I'm going to walk in forgiveness and pray for their soul, pray for their their good, because I've been forgiven much. Yeah. I'm going to love much and I want the same for them. I've always viewed that question of, well, how do I know if I've forgiven? I always go back to, have I released them of all judgment and punishment? Yeah, Do yeah. I still desire them to be punished? Yeah. If you have, I don't know if there's true forgiveness there. And I know I forgiveness agree. is a process, but I, I know that you truly forgive when you don't, because you have to remember, I've been forgiven much. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've been released from the penalty. I've been like, it's that example, like the parable of like, Oh, uh, the the guy was forgiven a much debt, and then he goes and grabs someone and says, "Hey, listen, yeah, yeah. hey, you, it's you the are next gonna... verse in the same oh, passage." Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it, how can I put it? Like the way I say it, I I do not want to see judgment. Yeah, I do. Well, that that's you what know, I was like, saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, they got what they deserved, you know, and you're looking forward and something goes wrong. Yeah, they get it. You know, you never forgiven. But the balance of that to see is, them. okay, yes, I can release of judgment. I could not uh, have daydreams of them like dying in a car wreck <laughs> or whatever that is. But also recognizing that I don't necessarily have to put myself in a position where they can violate me again. Yeah. Right. Or be in a position where I even trust them. Yeah. So I don't. I don't necessarily think forgiveness equals trust. Wait, no, I'm no. so glad you brought that up because it, it's not. Uh, but I know that you you forgiven when you can say I don't want to see them experience the judgment and yeah. the penalty mm-hmm. penalty for this. I release them of all judgment, mm-hmm. and even to the point of like I pray for their success. Right. Well, and that's where I think that prayer, that process of prayer yeah. for them, praying for your enemies. That's yes. what that does yes. is it allows you to see, start to see them as God sees them, mm-hmm. allows you to release them and to actually want good for them. Absolutely. And, and that what, might look like them going to prison. Like, you know, yeah, good yeah. for them is we don't know, but that's what we begin to pray for. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that there aren't civil things that they have to experience like you said jail or yeah that might be the bet might be where they hit rock bottom and change it like you don't we don't know what that your responsibility yeah yeah so so forgiveness comes from my character and my choice but trust comes from someone else's character well i would say it comes from his character yeah yeah i would also (laughs) no trusting no, forgive, forgiveness person. comes from God's character. That's why oh, I'm yes. saying it, okay. it has to, you have to realize what you've been forgiven. Yeah. Right, right. But going then to, that doesn't mean you trust the one that offended or violated again. Because yeah, yeah. trust is built by their choices and mm-hmm. their responses. So trust and forgiveness are not the same thing. Yeah. 
And I think that's important to differentiate them because, okay, if I've forgiven, that means I have to be best friends with them next week. That's that's not true. I think there's dynamics in that. You know, if you're talking about a um, extramarital affair and you're in a merit, like forgiveness and trust, you're going to have to work that out. It's yeah. not the same, but it, so sometimes trust will be restored. Sometimes it won't. I think it, it can and even if differ. the relationship is restored. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like there might be true forgiveness and there's going to be a process, but you're still building back trust. Yes. Absolutely. When they're out at night. That's what I'm saying. Like there is a process of building back yeah. trust that has been lost, even if there has been forgiveness. Yeah. I think it was Warren Buffett said, uh, through one event, you can break 20 years of building trust. It just takes one thing that can destroy 20 years. Yeah. Of I investment. guess it depends. Like um, bumping into someone versus getting hit by a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> that, on that, purpose. On <laughs> purpose. <Yeah. They're, laughs> like, I'm not going to like, like that situation with you and I. I mean, yes, you had to talk to me and work things out, but. Um, it wasn't, I wouldn't even say it was even close to a sledgehammer. It was just, no. it was yeah. like, uh, they're kind of rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there, there's not just uh, one little phrase that's going to take care of it all because there's so many dynamics in it. But uh, in Luke, it talks about, um, you're going to be offended. Jesus tell me, you're going to be offended. And the apostles said, increase our faith. Because it goes in, how many times do I forgive? 70 times seven. And they said, increase our faith. So to forgive takes faith in our God. It's like I'm taking, okay, I recognize, you know, I, I can be hurt by those in my external world, but I'm going to trust God in this situation. Well, and it's not blind trust. It's, no, it's not. It's based on the fact that mm -hmm. I have been forgiven. Mm -hmm. So it's very founded faith. Mm -hmm. I have been forgiven. And so I can forgive. Mm -hmm. Really, faith is not blind. There is evidence yeah. that causes us to have faith. Mm-hmm. And, oh, our God is so, so good to move in such powerful ways to give us the evidence that will empower us to have the faith to forgive. Now, I'm saying this else. as pure speculation, but I wonder if the reason our society has become thin-skinned is the inability to forgive. Mm. Because I've seen people that have forgiven things that would blow your mind yeah. and they're not easily offended because they, they walk through things yeah. and they've released uh, that person. And so I just wonder like the more you get offended, the more offendable you will be. You yeah. know, Joel, that is so good because as we're talking, I'm thinking, man, I can go back from the individuals. You know, I was molested for these years of my life. Did I even, well, one was dead, so I couldn't approach him anyway, but you know, other ones were not. Um, 
But there was absolutely nothing inside of me that felt like I needed to go and confront them. And I'm not, please do not think that if you've experienced something that there should not be confrontation. Mm -hmm. This is something that that's important to deal this with. This is your story. And this is my story, right. <laughs> and because um, this is years later, you know, I'm like 37, so you're talking years later. And, um, but there was nothing inside of me that needed to confront, needed, I just knew that there needed to be forgiveness on my part. Uh, Lewis Smith says to set a prisoner to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. Mm -hmm. And so my forgiveness wasn't about them or the offense. It was the forgiveness so that I could walk free from how those offenses affected me. Because the real problem wasn't what happened to me. The real problem was the lies that I believed from that. And so Melody had to deal with Melody. And so when you said that, Joel, that just really hit me because I've practiced so much forgiveness that when somebody does something, it's like, that's nothing I can handle. That. Yeah. You know, it's look just at like, what I've overcome. Like it's that. like that. That's no big deal. Go ahead. Look at me cross-eyed. I don't, you know, I'm all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like. And I've seen you talk to people like, yeah, like that have really hurt. Like I would think there's reason to be offended. And you're like, you, yeah, I love you so much. And <laughs> like me, I, I don't think in those terms. <laughs> like, I'm not saying you shouldn't love people, but I'm like, I don't know how this woman does this because I, I don't necessarily, maybe it goes back to, I just need healing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, but when you said it, you know, when you've really had some big when you offenses, through it, like, yeah, you're not thick, you're not thin skin. No, in fact, you realize what's, harming you more than the offense itself is holding that offense, holding offense and being unforgiving and rehearsing it over and over and over and over in our mind, you know, wanting judgment to come on them and, you know, all those type of things. It is just so unhealthy for us and uh, it sabotages our ability uh, to love life, to have quality of life, to be able uh you know, here it could be Joe or Susie or Peter or whatever their name is. And now I am walking, you know, on eggshells, you know, uh, or everyone around me have, has to walk on eggshells because no matter what they do, I'm going to be offended at because I, I, I wasn't able to forgive. But when you're able to let that go, then people don't have to walk on eggshells around you. You, you crack me out. Because, what? like, you taught youth for, you know, for me growing up, like, you taught it in youth for a long time, and you always use Joe Cool as the bad guy. Oh, did I? <laughs> like, it was like, girls don't listen to Joe Cool because, he, like, Joe is a bad dude to you because uh, you even just said, like, if Joe did, like, who is Joe? I because. Don't know. <laughs> I'm like, oh my word, poor Joe. Like, <laughs> Joe's feelings too. And there's been there's been some Joes in my life that I just love. You know? <laughs> I don't know why. You that just always is... use that Joe and Susie. Susie's bad. Oh, yeah, Joe's Susie. Bad. <laughs> Joe, cool. 
girls, beware of Joe Cool. He just says all the right things so that he can take advantage of you. I'm like, my word. And she called me Joel. Very oh, similar. Things are so all right, all right. <laughs> oh, you're funny. I'm sorry to break the leg. No, no, no. I was like, it's a good segue if somebody wants to change gears right now. I bring I bring the joy to this podcast. Yes, you do. The joy, the sarcasm, the comedic relief. The truth. Oh you do bring a lot of truth to the table. Was there anything else you wanted to say about your uh, or did we kind of cover some of it or anything in particular? Like, I mean, you were saying like the more you are offendable, like the more you're going to be offended. That's why I love the the way that Jesus says like 70 times yeah. seven. He's like, you which, is it, which is implying like always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you always walk in forgiveness. Not even like I, I wait for the offense. Like I just walk in a lifestyle of forgiveness. And again, I, that gets so misrepresented that that just means like, well, as a Christian, nothing's supposed to hurt me yeah. or like, I'm just supposed to forgive them and like hope they that's get better. Like that's very not what it's saying. Like there, there are like, I know that passage is contextual, but it's also very relevant. Yeah. Like in that there, there are mechanisms in place here where you're not just allowing someone to be abusive or, or to put yourself in that place or, um, to just not do anything about it. Like there are actions there. Um, but having that, like my, my choice as a believer is to forgive as I've been forgiven the Lord's prayer, forgive me, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed yes. against us. Like it's part, like you said, it is foundational to the gospel. It's so important. So there's so much richness in this yes. topic that, um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, we're not good at it. But like, it, I, t I think it goes back to like recognizing when Jesus hung on the cross, he goes, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like, like I have been forgiven much and therefore... <laughs> Like, let me love much. Let me offer that forgiveness back to others in my life. And always easy preached, hard practiced, yeah. but so transforming and so like freeing to us as believers. So I think the thing that we really learned from this podcast was if you see a Joe, <laughs> what is it? Swipe left or swipe right? <laughs> I'm not I sure. I played the fifth. You, and then if you see Susie, <laughs> you know what to do. Now, all those Joes out there and Susie's listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, may I bring one? I didn't bring any of my science in. So let, may I bring one thing in? And and it's it's <laughs> the effect of unforgiveness. And it's it's so good. It's I'm just going to read a quote. It's by a Dr. Ellen Weber. And it's, it's talking about unforgiveness produces in us a hostility, causing us to live under this continual stress. And what she says, and while this stress or this hostility or this unforgiveness, while it is dubbed by many 
names as, while it's dubbed by many names, stress shrinks the brain and anxiety drains mental health. Simply stated, stress, stress flips your brain into shutdown or shotgun mode. That's the emotions, Katie. Uh, your def- you default to the ruts or triggers and it furthers problems because stress from unforgiveness masks as a savior, but it strikes as a killer. And so when I walk in unforgiveness, it's my self-protective mechanism. I'm putting walls around myself. And ultimately, I think it's my savior. I think it's my protector when actually it'll destroy me. And so neurologically, all these things are taking place inside of us that is creating ways of thinking that are hindering our emotional health. And it hinders our spiritual health, of course. And um, so the power of forgiveness literally brings that freedom so we can create new automatic ways of thinking so we're very quick to forgive and able to live in peace. And so I don't want to give somebody else space in my brain to control me. I choose what I will allow into my own soul. And so to live in unforgiveness is one of the worst things I can do for myself. Yeah. And I think that's important to realize. If you don't forgive, you die. <laughs> is that what we're This is a slow death, I guess. <laughs> As most sin is. Yeah, true. Well, we got to death, people. <laughs> And uh, well, I was thinking I was this was a, a while ago, but it was just kind of funny um, when it happened. I was teaching the kids, the children's church on unforgiveness or on forgiveness. And uh, I used the parable of the unforgiving debtor. You know, yeah. he he was forgiven much. Then he goes and he tries to get from his neighbor a much lesser debt. And the king is very unhappy. He sends him away to to death. (laughs) But your son, Maxwell, like I referred back to it in a later lesson. And he goes, you know, for some reason, I can't get that story out of my mind. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's conviction or he just really impact. But he does not forget (laughs) that story. And he was always, when we did the attributes of love, he always remembered love does not keep record of wrongs. So there must be something in him that is like, like drawn to, we, we forgive. (laughs) We do not hold wrongs against each other. I don't know how that goes in the sibling dynamic, but. (laughs) I've been, I've been seeing a lot of like maturity in my children as they get older And so just hearing that, like, I didn't know that story. So like, you don't always know why your kids are maturing. I think partly is age, partly it's how you cultivate Mm -hmm. them, but it's also the people in their lives that Mm -hmm. help cultivate that as well. So Mm -hmm. like hearing that story is exciting because I see the growth in them, but I don't always like know why, like it was, I don't know if I brought this up before, but I gave Aiden like a... Uh, devotional to do. And like, he had to write some things down what he felt like the Lord was saying them. And I would go over it with him like once he's done. And like, I was noticing, wow, he was really treating his brother and sister like, oh, like so much better. And I was like, Hey, this is awesome. 
And so when I got his notes, one of the first things the Lord told him in that devotional was to treat his brother and sister mm-hmm. better, which was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So when you parent, you don't have to, to parent forget. alone, right? I love if you're in the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And God is their creator and, and he's actively involved in their life. Now, I had two questions with this topic that I'm not going to answer, but I'm going to say them because if you would like to know our perspective on this, then maybe we can answer these in another podcast. But one of the the perspectives or thoughts or questions that I was going to bring up was, what are your thoughts on forgiving yourself? Because the Bible does not specifically address this concept. So if you would like to know more about that, or at least our perspective on that, Send Katie an email or what is it? Life exchange podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And then the other one was, what do you say or think when someone says they need to forgive God? So that's why we're not talking about this now because this would be a three hour podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So you're saying this will be our next episode? No, I'm not saying it will be our next episode. I'm just saying if you guys want this, if you would like to know our perspective, we could talk about this, but, um, if you don't, then I think maybe I can then, set up a Spotify poll, but to be honest, the odds of me remembering to do that are very <laughs> slim. So yeah. then we'd have to forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> email, email the, uh, the email in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, do you want to say the things that we, you're supposed to say I by the Federal thinking, Bureau of Podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> I'm preparing a message on forgiveness. So this podcast episode was really helpful. I got a lot of notes done already. So when I so. hear it, I was like, hey, I've heard that <laughs> <Yeah>. before. <laughs> you remember it. Yeah. So this was helpful for me. But oh, I remember every time mom butchers one of my quotes. Did I butcher one of your quotes today? I bring this up. No, not today. Just oh. in general. Like so you're before, keeping record? After, when I would preach, you would be like, oh, Oh, this was so good. I was like, I didn't really say that, but it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Well, you are one who does not like it when things are taken out of context. Yeah. So it's extra offensive. It's a crime against humanity. <laughs> you, need, you need to forgive your mom. I do every you. day. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, f- make sure you're following the show. Um, if you would give us a review or a five-star rating, we'd very much appreciate it. And share share with your friends. That makes a big impact on other people getting to hear the show. So we love you. At In least Jesus I do. Name, amen. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.